0: Welcome to Factor Magri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week I talk with farmers and producers, industry, the science community and policy makers to hear their stories and views on matters relevant to both our rural and urban communities. Now a while back I caught up with senior scientist Suzanne Rowe from Ag Research about low emitting sheep. So where are we at with this and does an animal that is better for the environment, sacrifice on performance or quality. Suzanne Rowe joins me again to discuss. Hello, Suzanne. Thank you for your time and welcome back.
1: Hi, Angus. Thank you.
0: For those that may have missed the last time you joined me, please can you tell me about the work that you do?
1: So Angus, I'm involved in um, developing breeding schemes for uh, ruminant livestock. So that's the the livestock that that create the the protein and and the milk that we consume. Um, And and I'm particularly involved in in looking at ways to make livestock breeding sustainable. So Mm. um, looking at ways to breed animals that produce less methane emissions. So less greenhouse gas uh, as they graze our, our pastures.
0: Now, the last time we caught up, we were talking about a program to breed low-methane sheep, which was a world first that was being rolled out to breeders. How is this going from a rollout perspective to farmers in terms of emissions reductions?
1: Yeah, the rollout is going um, really, really well. There's been really good uptake. Um, So we've been measuring around 5,000 animals for the past three years um, across New Zealand. Uh, So we've got lots of breeders coming on board who are really interested to know how their animals rank. Um, And Beef and Lamb New Zealand um, uh, are supporting us and supporting breeders and helping them to have their animals measured. So in terms of emissions reduction, um, we started breeding sort of two or three years ago. So we're expecting things to start changing now um, Mm. because those animals that have been measured and selected will now start to have offspring um, that that are in in commercial flocks um, and, and what we expect to see is around about a, a half to one percent reduction a year um, nationally as as uptake um, increases so so it's really about um, giving people time to to take up the technology and then to implement the the findings and, and to start using low low emitting stock in in their breeding schemes mm. so it's a it's it's a slow burner, but it's but it's really starting to gather momentum as as people really start to um, have their animals measured and and get on board with it.
0: And in terms of choices for farmers, what breeds of sheep are we talking about here?
1: So we we don't actually see um, big breed differences. What we see is incredible variation within any breed okay. and within any farmer's flock. So when we go on to farm. Um, and, and we measure animals and, and then we, we rank those animals, what we see is, is in actual fact, each farm that we visit has low emitters and high emitters happily grazing side by side. So there seems to be plenty of choice out there uh, for for farmers and breeders to, to make that decision.
0: Fantastic. Now, with all of this, there have been questions about whether a low methane trait or whether a low methane trait means sacrifices for the health or quality of the animals, including quality of the meat and indeed the taste that is produced. I understand you've been carrying out research in this area as well. Can you provide some background on this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. For the last 15 years, we've been gathering data because our biggest concern was the impact. You know, when we found that we could breed for this trait, our next biggest concern is well, if we do breed for this trait, what what will the impact be to the to the whole system? Mm. Um, and and so far, results have been uh, really positive. So um, we we actually and, and and this is great news for us. We don't see a link between the trade methane emissions and many many other traits so it doesn't seem to be highly correlated with anything and that's great because that means that when we breed for lower methane we're not actually impacting on on other things there are a few things that that, that it does seem to be connected with mm-hmm. um, one of them is wool so um okay. the methane animals seem to seem to grow more wool um, we don't really know why uh, but but the other is that the 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 fermentation in, in the gut, so the, the breakdown of feed in the gut, is slightly different in the low methane animals, and there's there's a slightly different fatty acid profile in 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 the milk and the meat. Um, but but all of these are positive. So we see um, a few more branch chain and, and and polyunsaturated fatty fatty acids in in the meat. So so it's it's actually a, a, a positive change. We see a bit less fat okay. in the animals. Um, and what we actually see in processing is, is is a bit more yield, so a bit more more yield of sort of lean meat. Um, so we aren't we aren't seeing any detrimental effects, and we're seeing a little bit more profitability, um, and and certainly don't don't seem to see any negative impacts on on taste or or, or yield.
0: Okay, what about eating behaviours of these low emitting sheep? Are there any differences emerging there?
1: Yeah, we've done a small amount of studies, sort of. Um, where we've, we fed animals um, and, and monitored them over a sort of six-week period. Um, and, and what we tend to see is that the high-emitting sheep tend to have a huge meal and then go away somewhere, digest it, and produce lots of methane, whereas the low emitters tend to be the ones that eat more steadily throughout the day. They actually eat slightly more than the high emitters, mm-hmm. but they seem to spread that those meals out.
0: Okay, that's interesting. In terms of animal health, and of course you've touched on um, meat quality as well, there's no no sort of red flags being unearthed in those areas?
1: No, no no red flags in those areas. Um, we have seen a little bit more parasite resistance in our low methane selection lines. Okay. Um, we we don't know whether that's because we're breeding for low methane or something else that started in the original ancestry of those lines. Mm. Um, but certainly at the moment, the, the, only, the only changes that we've seen have been positive.
0: Fascinating. Most farmers, I would imagine, would be encouraged by this. I can see an economic benefit that will come from environmental efficiencies, particularly around taxes and things being introduced for farmers. But what about things like lambing percentages? And of course, you have touched on carcass yields, but... Are there any changes that you've seen in the percentages of lambing and any percentage change in yields?
1: No, we haven't actually seen any correlation. So we've looked at the genetic correlations for all of these maternal traits um, and we haven't seen any correlation in um, lamb survival or or the amount of lambs born. So it seems to be unrelated to those traits.
0: Mm. Last week I caught up with a farmer, Pat Crawshaw, and we discussed the informing New Zealand beef program, which was I found quite interesting. And it appears there could be an opportunity to achieve what is happening with sheep and develop a low-emitting beef animal. How's that coming along?
1: Yeah, one of the things that we, you know, we really are tasked with and we're really responsible for, is that the the government funding that's been put into sheep and, and successfully um, shown that you know we can we can roll this trade out in sheep is is reused so it's transferred all the knowledge that we've gained in sheep is transferred over to the other species and you know cattle are producing most of the the greenhouse gas emissions in in livestock so it's really important that we now work really hard to make sure that any knowledge and any learnings we have are transferred to to cattle and what what that looks like is um we're developing measurement technology based on what we know has worked in sheep um and also, we're looking at um, sequencing of the of the microbes in the sheep gut to predict um, what what methane is going to be um, emitted, and we can transfer that really in you know in a really straightforward way to mm-hmm. to um, dairy and, and beef cattle. So so we're working sort of shoulder to shoulder with with the cattle industry and and the people involved to make sure that we can transfer what we know into that industry and and hopefully give them a bit of a head start. Yeah,
0: indeed. So, are you waiting on government funding to start progressing this beef research, or is that underway?
1: So it's it's underway. Beef and lamb have their informing New Zealand beef program. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I I can't tell you a lot about it. It's 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 not my project. All I can tell you is that they've you know they've they've started work on it. They um, they're working towards breeding for for low methane beef or, or investigating if it can be done and 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 what the sort of rate of progress might be um, and we're working alongside them to help take samples work with them on on measurement technology and 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 you know help in any way we can
0: mm. and i know there's a vaccine being worked on as well for a methane reduction how's that going do you know
1: so i don't i don't really know um you, you need to ask the guys involved um how well that they're doing um, it's I, I know that it's it's developing and and it's on mm. course, um, but but I but I couldn't tell you the finer details. Mm.
0: It's quite a dynamic space currently, isn't it? And we appear to be world leading in this agri research space.
1: Yeah, we we, we absolutely are, um, and that's because we're such a unique country in terms of you know the the GDP that comes from from agriculture, um, you know the, the the livestock production, but but mostly because you know we we have so much pasture land and and so many uh, grazing ruminants. Uh, that that a third of our our greenhouse gas emissions um, actually come from the livestock sector. So um, it's it's intrinsically linked with 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 New Zealand and 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 what we do. So so we need to make sure that we we do it well.
0: Mm. What other research projects are you involved with currently, particularly around this environmental space, Suzanne?
1: So really interested in in not only um, predicting methane but also feed efficiency so um, looking at sustainability in in the livestock sector not just from what's emitted but but from what's consumed but also still working really hard in this space looking at um how we can predict methane with with what we call proxies
0: or, okay.
1: or, or really straightforward indicators so you know is there a signature that we could get from from milk or meat that would be really really quick and and we could scan lots of animals so um Really working on the on the practical element of, of being able to scan our livestock industries very quickly and very simply, and provide um, straightforward measures.
0: Mm. How many personnel or scientists and researchers are currently working in the sustainability and environmental space for New Zealand farmers?
1: I can't answer that question. I don't know within Ag Research. In in Ag Research, we have. Um, so we have connected groups. So in animal genomics, mm-hmm. uh, we're a team of around thirty, but we're only focused on breeding for low methane. Mm-hmm. There are other teams in Agrisearch that that work on vaccine technology, that work on feeds, that that work on inhibitors, so uh, that work on farm systems efficiency. So I, I would actually say that every scientist who is working in the livestock sector, has their eye on this as one of the major challenges. Mm. so I, I I think we all are would be um, yeah, uh, the the answer that that I would give in in one way or another, because everyone who's working in 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 livestock science or or the livestock sector knows that one of the biggest challenges that we have is to make sure that we have a sustainable sector going forward. So what does that look like
0: in 50 years' time? What does the livestock industry look like in terms of an emissions profile? And obviously, genetics are playing a significant part in that. We're potentially looking at a vaccine that's going to help. But is there another component that's going to be or another tool in the box for farmers down the track? Because it it seems to me it's a fairly rapidly evolving space. But I'd be quite keen to get a, a bit of a snapshot about some end goal things that
1: might be on the horizon? Yeah, I, I think I think if you look back over the last 50 years and see how far um agriculture has moved and and the breed development, um, you know, if if we only went half as fast as we've done in the last 50 years, then you know we 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 we're gonna do pretty well. So um I think it's ever changing and it's always moving. But from um, I think from most people's perspective, what, what we're looking at is um, healthy animals that produce healthy, nutritious food um, in, in a sustainable way, and animals that are adapted to, to the climate that they're in. You know, we're constantly mm. being met, meeting now climate change, and that gives us um, new environmental factors, uh, animals are facing new pests, so... Um, we're armed with a lot of genomic tools. We, we understand a lot more now what's going on um, underneath the hood. So uh, we can select animals, hopefully, that, that are up for the challenge. But it's really going to be making sure that we select the best animal to meet the, the, the challenges that, that they're facing.
0: Mm. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you very, very much for joining me again. Have a wonderful Christmas and talk to you again soon. Thanks, Angus. New Zealand is a world leader in the recent development of breeding sheep that burp less methane, which is a relatively short-lived greenhouse gas that contributes to climate change, and this is well documented. After three generations of breeding, the lowest emitting sheep in a research flock produce close to 13% less methane than the highest emitters per kilogram of feed eaten. But questions have remained about whether this low methane trait means sacrifices for the health or quality of the animals, including quality of the meat that is destined for New Zealand's international markets. After talking with Suzanne, research relating to the health of the sheep also suggests that breeding for low methane is unlikely to affect issues such as internal parasites, the fertility of adult ewes and the survival of lamb litters. When it comes to wool... She says low-methane breeding was favourable to fleece weight, while it was also favourable to the weight achieved by the animal before slaughter and its body condition. That's promising as well. I have not yet met a scientist working in the ag sector that does not have one eye firmly focused on not only the future of farming in New Zealand, but also constantly driving for further improvements in the area of sustainable farming practices. So... Sheep breeders now have the ability to breed animals with a low methane trait that does not compromise on animal health, lambing percentages or carcass yields. There is a lot to celebrate here in my view and I have no doubt we will achieve the same results in our beef herd through the informing New Zealand Beef Programme. It is gains like this along with all the other environmental work that farmers are doing that will well and truly Set us apart from the rest of the world. That's all from me this week. Thank you for listening and catch you next time.